Welcome back, everyone, to another Slab Stocks YouTube live stream. I'm Monday night at 6 p.m. Eastern time. I'm joined by Nate once again. I don't know if that's a good thing, but I think it's a good thing, especially for today's episode. Hey, um, So if you all remember... What? It's always a good thing. Yeah, no, I mean, it is. Otherwise, I'd just be sitting here by myself, and that's quite boring. And uh, welcome, everyone, to the stream as well. If you're joining right now, uh, thank you for coming. We will be doing a discussion around the sports card market post-summer because, of course, we're in the middle of July, but August is still summer. But really what this is is post-national because we did a, a YouTube live stream, I think it was like four months ago now, that was talking about the market up until the national. Now we're going to recap that, look at what we said, and then talk about the market going throughout the rest of the year to see maybe the differences in the seasonality, the different sports, all that type of stuff. So to start, though, before getting into the stream, I want to give a quick shout out to D-Wish Collections. He's a Filipino basketball player on Instagram, a super nice guy. Just you know, DM me and said how much he loves Nate and I's show and Sam's show and everything. And I just want to give him a shout out because he's a, a collector that loves LeBron cards and his favorite cards are his 03 UD MVP rookie PSA 9 of LeBron and also his Nat Marvel's LeBron PSA 10. So uh, D-Wish, if you're watching, um, thank you so much for the support. And I think, Nate, we might be doing that uh, maybe once an episode now, just picking out someone that we talked to throughout the week and uh, giving them a quick shout out at the beginning of the stream. And uh, like yeah, so so exciting stuff. Uh, really nice to talk to people throughout the in industry. So Creed and Ricardo, welcome to the chat. We got some football talk right away. Let's We'll talk enough football today, that's for sure, with uh, the rest of the year because obviously football NFL starts in September. So let's hop in by looking at the video that we did. So we did a six-month trend, although that we in the video we said kind of up, up until the national. Um, what can we see in the sports car marketplace? And we're going to recap what we talked about. So most in-demand brand. I don't want to spend too much time on this one because this really hasn't changed a whole lot. Um, for basketball and football, I said Prism was select on its heels. Nate said Optic falls to fourth, but I guess Nate really likes those 2017 Optic hollows for football. <laughs> well, it was because it was because uh, everyone puts Prism Silver in their stupid thing when it's a Prism base card. And well, hollows from, 20, really... from 2016 and 2017 at least. Yeah, and hollows are were significantly cheaper despite the fact that they are a true silver compared to a Prism Silver. And significantly um, more rare too. Yeah, and so I just felt like they weren't getting their due. Yeah, so the basketball and football stuff, I don't think that that's changed too much. It seems to just be kind of the same. But I, I want to point out Nate here for baseball, and I want to give Nate some props because he said the Bowman Chrome market explodes. Autos, non-autos, papers, inserts. I guess Nate just said everything, so he got kind of he got lucky here by saying everything because I want to point out specifically the non-auto Bowman Chrome market. The reason why I really bring it up is because Otani – is just carrying that market just like crazy right now. A refractor at a $499 non-auto PSA 10, I believe just sold for $3,500, Nate. That card was like that. $300 before the season. Yeah. So that, that doesn't even begin to explain, you know, the cost of um, colored non-autos of top prospects and stuff that have drastically risen in price. And right. Right. And, you know, that was just like the, the biggest of the big. But even like, you know, pre-injury Acuna's non-auto Bowman Chrome refractors and stuff, that stuff exploded and carried and held steady in price compared to the, you know, update base, which makes sense. And even the foils, though, too, and everything. You know so, what I saw um, today? What do you say? 
Update base for Juan Soto. Would you like to take a guess of what that's down to? Well, I know how much Acuna sold for last, so I'm going to say like 125 Yeah, Yes. 125 bucks. Can you believe that? Wow. That was, that was a good guess for me, I guess. But yeah, I mean, what was that, like $300 preseason? Yeah, yeah, even a little bit more. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's Juan Cotto is one of those guys that doesn't have a first Bowman. And his auto prices, they haven't dropped like drastically. I don't think they've dropped as drastic as his Toss flagships dropped. Yeah, I mean, that's also because of how many there are that people are selling too. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Really. Um, and then down in the soccer, Nate obviously had no take, but I said Topps Chrome and Prism brands are uh, tied with each other. And I would even say that Topps Chrome Champions League is above, maybe above Prism just for the sole fact that uh, Topps Chrome Champions League is like a site that's guaranteed year in and year out. Prism World Cup is really the only guaranteed Prism set that we're seeing other than Premier League, which is now in, in its second season, which is isn't not as strong as a, combined set between the top players in the world either either if it's champions league or world cup set so um, i think you know still pretty close there but tops chrome is uh is big time for soccer that's that's for sure and i so for my baseball really quick i said tops chrome non-autos and bowman chrome autos i would say that the tops chrome non-autos have done really well if you look i mean this is just picking out specific players but like nate and i saw an orange wave psa 10 vlad non-auto sell for like 4200 right nate mm-hmm. that's a wave um, i think that the true orange sold for like 900 dollars like last fall or something a a shoyotani tops chrome update rookie debut pink was up to 640 dollars the other day that stuff is just bonkers and you already know that there's tops chrome normal pinks of otani and tops chrome update pitching pinks of otani like the u.s or it was us one i don't know what the hmt number is but it might be one also either way just, just really, really crazy. Also, why, why is Topps Chrome updates numbering for 2018 HMT? Like, where does the HMT come from? No idea. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Any, if anyone knows in the chat, throw in a, throw in HMT, and let me know what it is, or tell me what HMT is. I mean, you could say HMT again if you want to. But uh, all right, what's football? up? Oh wait, Fo- oh football's up top. We did basketball and football together. Yeah, we combine them because they're the similar. You know, sets and everything. Creed, can't wait to have you watch our national videos as well. It's going to be a lot of videos, um, hopefully shorter videos this time because we're just going to do them like each day. So it'll be really fun to watch and get a look at how the vid- how the event's going and everything. Yeah. If you're hunting for Yas Prism here long term, would you go with silver or the green? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I would personally go with the silver if you have the means, but keep in mind that the silver is at least two times as expensive as the green. And this is not like hundred dollars compared to two hundred dollars this is like ten thousand dollars compared to like twenty five thousand dollars or something so it's it's quite the difference when it comes down to the silver versus the green but if you if you have the means for the green or a green psa 10 psa 9 that'd be a great card to get i think if you're want to get a Giannis long term speaking of Giannis, how nice is it that in the last two games there can't be a single person in this entire world that can complain about Giannis not being able to shoot or the Giannis can't do this. Giannis can't do that because back to back, forty point, ten rebound. What do you have? Like ten combined assists in the game, couple steals, couple blocks, shot over sixty percent both games. It's been beautiful. Yeah, yeah um, I was so sick of the negative Bucks en- energy after the first two games, Nate. Like I can't believe the amount of people that sat there and said that the Suns would sweep in four 
after seeing what happened when the Nets just dominated the first two games and the Bucks come back home. Like home court advantage matters so much it for does. these games. It, it, it literally it makes the world really matter for Giannis, but it matters for Bobby Chris Porter. and Drew and you then know? the Suns role players. Yeah. Because it for, Mile, or for uh, Mikael Bridges. Yeah. Here, Nate, here's the deal. And we, we don't have to sit here and talk about the Bucks on the stream. Otherwise, people might leave. But Booker and Chris Paul like could not have played like a better first two games. Chris mm-hmm. or Drew Holiday and Chris Milton could not have played a worse first two games. There was something in the middle that would either lead to the and if the, the other two, obviously the Bucks players played really well, where we would dominate, or it would be a close game. And we were within six in game two when they just played atrocious yeah. on the road. So yeah. I, I mean, I'm pretty I mean. That now, like you said, oh, I didn't. I, I liked when we were building up to the to the championship championship team versus like being there because now we have a lot of hope. And after game three, I have so much hope. I still think we can win in six or seven. Yeah, it's uh, it's as as a lifelong Milwaukee fan. We're not including the Packers here because the Packers are obviously have been good our entire lifetimes. But as a lifelong Milwaukee fan, it's a lot easier to be like, you know. Sweet, we made the playoffs. That's good enough for me. Because once you start getting expectations, then basketball seasons start being a little bit, and baseball seasons start being a little bit more miserable. Instead of enjoying the wins and the losses while it's going, it's like I I couldn't have cared less how many wins and losses we had this year. It was championship or bust for the Bucks. And now that we're in the championship, and then you go down 0-2, it's like the most miserable I've ever been as a Bucks fan in my entire life. And we're in the champions, you know, we're in the finals. Yeah. I was I was still pretty confident after game two. I mean, we got we got like wrecked by 40 to the Nets and then came back and I mean different series. I know different players and some injuries and whatnot, but still. Anyways. All right, let's let's move on here. Everyone can keep talking about uh keep keep talking about the, the Bucks series in the in the chat if you want to. Uh really quick, uh Joel asked oh wait, that's not what I want to pull up. Yeah, he isn't hmm. playing. He he didn't have a good game three. Aaron, quick quick thing, quick what? thing. I saw an interesting stat today, um, and for everyone else in the chat. So when Giannis and Aiton are on the floor together, Giannis is plus three. Uh, when Giannis is on the floor and Aiton isn't on, he's like plus seventeen. And when Aiton is on the floor and Giannis is not, the Suns are like plus twenty one. Um, which I just thought was interesting because basically it just goes to show that you need Giannis and Aiton to play the entire game each. And without Aiton, the Suns are a terrible team. Without Giannis, the Bucks are a terrible team. Well, not terrible, but you get my point. Yeah, I <laughs> I get what you're saying. Um, more importantly, how it was such a big deal to get Aiton that fourth ball in the third quarter. It was such a big deal. Uh, from – Joel here, Aaron. If you had to choose between Bellingham and Makoko, who are you buying? Uh, that's a tough choice. We got Neam here. Shout out to my guy, uh, MP Sports Cards and Card Culture on Instagram. He said it has to be Makoko. So I do know, I don't know like everything in the world about both these two players, but no, Bellingham's a midfielder. He plays on England's national team in Dortmund. Uh, Makoko, obviously, in Dortmund, too, also on German's national team. He's younger. He got injured, but I think that he's a, he's a goal scorer and striker versus. Or at least a, a winger versus Bellingham, who's more of a mid- midfielder, which might be why Neam said Makoko. I'm not going to make a call, though. I'm just not educated enough on those two players. Nate, really quick before we move on, any chance Yelich bounces back to form? Oh, nice. Well, 
For starters, Yelich has the highest walk rate in baseball. And really? I was going to pull it up real quick so I could actually tell you exact, exactly what the number is, but my yeah, we I don't really know that. Okay, so nineteen point seven percent. It's actually dropped a little bit since he was the highest. I don't know if he's still the highest, but a little bit. A couple weeks ago, he was at like twenty one percent, which was the highest in baseball. Um, the problem is with all those walks, he's been striking out way more and uh, not getting to as much power. And I wonder if he's trading selectivity and patience for just trying to drive pitches early on in at bats. And so I think there's probably a good middle ground there where maybe he should be trying to drive pitches right away and then, you know, give up five, six percent of walk rate for some isolated power or something like that. But we'll see. Uh, but he's been doing fine. I just don't know if he's ever going to bounce back to the Christian Yelich we're used to from pa- past years or if this is his new norm. I mean, he's still a 400-plus on base guy, so I can't complain. Yep. All right, moving on. This is from – keep in mind, if you just joined, we're looking like this is now four months back to when we forecasted the market four months ago. We're, we're doing a little review of it right now to see what we said and what panned out, what didn't pan out. Then we'll talk about maybe the next – I guess now it's you know five months throughout the rest of the year. So basketball, I said Kobe and Jason Tatum. Nate said Kobe and Lamella Ball. I think that most of the basketball market is just down right now to where this is. It's hard to actually see if we were right or wrong when going from like an off season for these two. Um, although I, I guess Tatum did get eliminated in the playoffs. He did have some nice games though. But uh, I said Tatis for baseball. Nate said Wander. I think I'm the winner there. Although Wander <laughs> did get his, he did get his debut before we did this episode, and he did go up in value. And if Nate was probably not only holding one card, he probably would have recommended to sell at call up, or at least sell some, hold some. True. Uh, football, I had Brady and Herbert. Nate had Burrow. Still yet to be seen. I think probably through the national, be able to know who's hotter between Herbert and Burrow. But I'd expect Herbert. But also, I guess some of it's based on cost basis, right? Like. You know, anyone could pick the best player, but he's the most expensive too. And then for soccer, I, I kind of choked this one. Uh, Ronaldo and Marcus Rashford. So Rashford. Ooh, Marcus Rashford stinks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just chill. Hey, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Uh, he he's really nice whatever one. all over the place. What? Missing free penalty? Penalty? No, free kicks? Yeah. No. no. PKs. Um, PKs. He, he, did, he did choke his PK, but he did just come off the bench. I don't really want to get into it. That was a really bad end of the game for England. Um, I said Rashford, and he ended up – I think that he actually missed a PK as well in the Europa League final after we did this stream, which didn't go well, and then he didn't really play much in the Euro, in the Euro, which didn't really go well. So my Rashford pick was way off. Um, and Ronaldo, I mean, he won the golden boot for the tournament, so it's hard not to pick against Ronaldo. Okay, this is uh, the newest trend, which – I don't know really what to make of this stuff because I don't remember at this point if AJ Dillon was into collecting and buying cards at this point when we did this four months ago, or at least publicly. But uh, I said collecting players are buying and selling trading cards publicly. I don't think that I've seen that many new players like come forward publicly since now. So um, probably yet to be seen on that one, or it's just a bad call from me. One or two. And then Nate said, we swing back around to trends that were trends and then fell off. Nate, have we swung back to any trends that were trends, but fell off? Um, occasionally a base card of a guy goes up in price. So, uh, I'm going to count, <laughs> uh, 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 Eloy Jimenez gets announced that he has a rehab assignment and his base card prices spiked. 
So I suppose my question is that's one example and consider it a win. Uh, I mean, it can cover more than just base cards, right? I guess it could be like whole set movements. I don't think that we've seen like a full set push for a lot of these things that used to go up like 2012 Prism or 2016 Optic. It's so I, I think that we've talked about a lot over the last like two months, three months in live stream, but so much of the market now is just situational based on player, which is actually how it should be in general. So I think some of that type of stuff, which we can talk about when we talk about what's next, um, just isn't really there anymore because when you're not rapidly adding tons of money and tons of people to the market, it all just come, becomes more, I guess you could just say difficult and stagnant to where like you don't get those massive upswings with things that people just start to talk about and then everyone's chasing after it. What's up, Rob? This is the one I kind of want to hit on though because this is one of the only moments that I had a nice shiny moment here versus what I'm about to show you all, which is just going to be putrid. So <laughs> I would like to take a little uh, uh, shine for my sour market, which would be high supply PSA 9s and 10s as PSA works through their backlog and people go to sell, um, which definitely happened. I mean, so much of this stuff has dropped in value that has came back from PSA in the high high supply category. Not to say that everything hasn't suppressed a little bit too, even some of the rare stuff has. So it's not like that this was that off or that out there of a take because I think a lot of people could predict this. Um, and it could create a buying opportunity, which I also think somewhat came true. You see some of those guys like Cam Reddish PSA 10 base cards got down to like 15 to $20 and then go up to 70 like when he's you know playing well in the finals and or not finals in the playoffs. Um Stuff can hit a floor eventually, no matter what it is. And then it just starts to go up, no matter if there's 15,000 or 3,000 or 5,000. But guessing the floor is impossible. You're probably not going to see, you know, if you think about baseball, you're probably not going to see $300 to tease flagships. No, no, no. I agree. But but that's that's okay. You don't need to see $300. You can see 50 to 70 is just fine, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I think it all just depends on what's the floor. But like I said, you can't guess the floor, so how are you supposed to know when to buy? It's a difficult task, but my point is is that it reaches it eventually, and then once it kind of stabilizes and said player goes off, then that's your opportunity to sell, like Cam Reddish or Cameron Johnson after um, the last few games. And sorry, PJ Tucker, I really wish that it was reversed so you didn't have to live with getting just dunked on for points, but wow, he just got destroyed last night. Cam. I mean, credit to him because I don't know how many people would have walked in there against the guys just storming down the lane like that, but that's nice. Also, Nate, did you know that Cameron Johnson is 25 years old? Really? I swear he was like 21. Yeah, 25. Uh, Nate said too too many. He was old when he was drafted, though. I mean, I know know, friends drafted him in the first round, and I know people are like. Yeah, like, what are you doing? I remember that, too. But I – I, I like thought that people are like, what are you doing as a young guy that barely plays? This <laughs> is why I thought that. Um, Nate said, too many young baseball players' prices have shot up. Soto, Franco, Tatis, Eloy, Witt, Mitchell, which he was not wrong about. Um, it's going to be an absolute roller coaster with impatient people losing loads of money. I think that, Nate, how many players would you say f- panned out well for people from the beginning, from the be- like preseason until now? Granted, we're not talking about like, you know, a unknown <laughs> Bowman Chrome prospect that like goes up by like 20 bucks. Well, you know? yeah, yeah. You were not talking a $20 Bowman Chrome guy that goes up to 40. Yeah. Um, like how many players that people were preseason investing in? I'd say in maybe the MLB market to make it easier. Vlad Otani. What? 
Vlad and Otani, Ronald Acuna. I was going to say, like, Acuna, you would, Acuna you would have lost money well. on Soto. And now Acuna is out for the year. Yeah. You would have lost money on Soto. You would have um, you could have potentially gained money on Franco, but then if you didn't sell within that like five day window, you would have lost money. Yeah. Would have lost money on Tatis despite him playing really well. Well, um, I think Tatis gained some value at some point, right? Like if well, you I'm, I'm thinking base cards here. Mm. Um would have lost money on Eloy, and uh I am not a hundred percent sure on Bobby Witt or Mitchell's uh market right now but i know garrett mitchell prices did go down from when i was looking into buying so there are at least those five examples there is money to be lost there all right uh there's a few comments in here that we should maybe address uh nate really quick how far do you think acuna stuff will go down this offseason with the injury i think people are going to be jumping ship just to get their money out um, I do think there's going to be some drop in price. And I, I wonder if it's less because of the injury and more because it seems like people can only ever pay attention to two guys at one time. That's very true. You know, Super it's true. like it was, it was Acuna and Soto. And then it, w- it felt like it was Soto and Tatis. And now it's Vlad and Otani. And next year it will be probably Soto and Otani because Soto is, uh, I expect him to bounce back, and I I just feel like they're just people just can't pay attention to t- too many young baseball players for some reason, um, and I don't know why. Yeah, no, that's fair. So I imagine it will go down, but not necessarily specifically because of his ACL injury. Got it. Why do you think soccer hasn't upticked? Yes, the stuff from before two years ago is still up, which I'm happy about. Earlier this year, on January to April, moves have gone down a lot, mostly U.S. men's national team. Um, I think that a lot of it had to do with the increase from January to April. It I kind of parallel it to Nate. Remember when football went up a lot from January to April, like into the draft, and then after mm-hmm. that dropped a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of that's just market dynamics and stuff kind of taking on a rise earlier than expected. Like for me, actually, I it was earlier than I expected too for soccer. I didn't really think it gained that much steam prior to the Champions League final, but it did. Um, and then at that point, stuff goes up so fast, it just kind of levels off and goes down steadily. And then you see another wave come later, or it's based on player performance and everything. Like, I'm, I mean, I, I own a lot of soccer cards. I'm a big soccer card collector. I'm not worried at all. Um, I, I'm first off, like, I think a lot of stuff that helps with that is I'm, a, I'm pretty much a collector first. Like, I'm sitting here every day now planning this charity event and the soccer cards in my case over here really don't matter that much. Like, they matter to me as a collection piece, but I'm not like, worried about if my Mbappe went down 500 bucks since I got it, you know, two months ago at all. Um, I'm happy I have it. I'll hold it for the long term. Or if it goes up in the short term, then I can sell it too, or I'll sell it for a loss and buy something else because I like to buy other stuff, you know. So I, I'm just not that uh, worried about it. And I think that, you know, soccer is only going to gain more collectors over the years too, which will help. And I think specifically the U.S. men's national team um, leading the World Cup would would help versus – uh going through the summer with not playing much at all, especially like guys like Pulisic and uh, McKenney and stuff after that championship win against uh, Mexico. They, you know, there's really nothing they're playing for. What's up, Magic? How we doing? Hey, uh, here's an interesting comment here. Was it this one? Oh, wait. Oh, no, this one. I lost dollars on Bo Bichette. One, Bo Bichette, Aaron, it has an 825 OPS. It's slightly lower than his second season, which was lower than his first season. So he has been trending in the wrong direction. Um, but he's still really good. 825 OPS and 
three baseball reference wins above replacement puts him on pace for five to six wins above replacement, which is a really good player. And yet his P- base PSA 10, obviously base cards are dropping, but it's been cut in half. Like it's a $50 card compared to a hundred uh, before the season. Um, I'd say that's pretty standard to see if from a top like peak price of a player's base card right now, no matter what sport. Okay. Down 50%. Um, and Joel said, I feel like Boba getting overshadowed by Vlad Guerrero Jr. You know, we I just said, I feel like people can't pay attention to more than um, two young superstars at the time. So Otani and Vlad this year, right? I also feel like people can't pay attention to two stars on the same team. So you look at Juan Soto and Trey Turner. Trey Turner is amazing. He should be higher priced, but he isn't. Uh, Cody Bellinger and Corey Seager last year. Um you know, Vlad, Vlad, obviously, and Boba And so it, I feel that way. I don't know if that's actually accurate or if I just imagine it. Um, but it will be really interesting to see what happens when Trout comes back because they're on the same team. They're one and two in, and the best players in baseball, uh, Trout and Otani. And so I wonder what will happen to Otani or Trout's prices, depending on which one of them is hot at the moment. I've been, reading the, I've been reading the comments, so I unfortunately don't have a response to that because I was trying to figure out what I'm going to answer next. Okay. <laughs> well, we should probably go back to our. Uh... No, we should. We should. But Chris, Chris, call me out by name. So how can I ignore it? Aaron, what are your thoughts on Serginio Dest? Uh, collect him for a PC being a Barca fan and on the U.S. men's national team. Do you think wingers get love in the hobby? Well, I hope that wingers continue to get love in the hobby because Mason Mount's a winger. And I have plenty of Mason Mount cards. Um I mean, Messi's a winger too, right? He's not a striker like Ronaldo, or at least Ronaldo, I suppose he's playing wing sometimes too for Portugal in the Euro. Um, but like Benzema, you know, striker and everything. I mean, Mbappe is a winger, but isn't Serginho Dest, like, isn't he like a left back winger? So like a little different, uh, plays back further and everything. I don't have too many thoughts, honestly, Chris. I, I wish I did. I, I like him though. I mean, how can you be starting for Barcelona and also playing the U.S. men's national team? Like, it seems like a great combination to me. Um, I'm just going to answer this real quick <laughs> okay. and then we'll go. Uh, but some dudes have popped very hard. We're in the middle that who are in the middle of pack Kyle Schwarber, for example, even on the same team with Trey and Soto. Yes. Um, I would argue though, that Kyle Schwarber is an extreme case where, you know, he was unbelievably hot and also unbelievably cheap where people were willing to spend, you know, $60 on a PSA 10, whereas they wouldn't have spent that. They wouldn't have even spent 20 before the season. Like that's super cheap. I'm more talking about guys that are, you know, 100. Yeah, and let's also think too. I mean, Schwarber's a classic case of like an undergraded card. Undergraded meaning like how many people were trying to grade Kyle Schwarber cards over the yeah. past like four years, you know? So like there's a vast shortage of PSA graded cards compared to the print run of that of those certain cards for a guy like Kyle Schwarber to where they're easier to go up in price quicker versus a Boba Shett that needs a lot to tick up that price. But – uh, to be fair, there are a lot of guys in baseball that you can buy really cheap and wait for that hot week or hot spring training week or hot, uh, you know, three games or Matt even, Dice. even or you could wait for a two home run game from a dude. You buy it. You buy a dollar foil and wait for a two home run game and sell it for three dollars. You know, you can do that all the time uh, with guys like this. And so there is even if you can't put your money into the Tatis Vlads of the world, you can still put your money into guys that you know are going to get playing time and have the potential to do something special. 
of course, nobody would have expected 16 home runs in 18 games like Kyle Schwarber did. Nate, how happy does this comment make you about Glaber has tanked all season long after like the last three years people have ripped you for not hating on Glaber Torres? Aaron, I would never take joy in somebody playing poorly. <laughs> yeah, that I being do. said, <laughs> I've never been a Glaber fan. And I've been low on Glaber, and people just hated the fact that I did not like Glaber when they were probably Yankee fans, and they were probably like, you hit 37 home runs. And uh, now you're seeing the Glaber I feel I felt like was there the entire time. I feel bad for the people that bought him over Otani or Soto or Acuna are the exact same sets. Oof. Baseball Brownie, what's up, guys? Great channel. Thanks for answering his questions, of course. Absolutely. All right, let's let's hop on to the next segment here. All right, this is the last one before we get into some future talk now. Health of the industry. I said that the hottest point in the industry history will be going into at the 2021 National Chicago. So I'm glad I didn't put here the hottest prices of the industry history will be going into the 2021 National Chicago because I still believe that this point is true. I think that there will be no other time that's happened in the hobby that the industry would be like more talked about than – this national it's coming up there'll be so many videos being created so many articles so many posts so many just like so much talk around it now you can maybe argue like when COVID hit and you know tons of people were like oh man this is going to be a big thing and stuff like yeah it's talked about a lot then but like this seems to be a really really great place uh for the industry right now to where tons of people are going to come together and buy sell and trade cards and let's not forget if shows still have we're not happening right now we would probably see a much hotter market and a much higher dollar spend through online marketplaces that would then go to eBay most of it and make these cards more expensive, which is why the rare stuff and the stuff that you can't buy all the time is actually holding pretty significant value or going up in price depending on what it is through this market dip because of the fact that that stuff can't really be affected by by people you know, not spending money on eBay because they'll buy that card if it comes up or not. Um, I really do think that the shows have had a huge effect on the overall market value on the online marketplace. But I also think that it's super healthy for the industry because I have never seen more shows in my entire life. Uh, we did three shows in May, and I think that our entire team was absolutely burnt out. We're not doing another show until the national. We didn't go to any of the, any of these other shows in July. Uh, we won't be going to Dallas. We won't be going to Atlanta like I know a lot of people are. We are preparing strictly for the national. It's going to be massive and I, th- I mean, I don't know how many more shows can happen multiple weeks during a month because I think eventually people are going to get burnt out. Like I think Nate said that months ago, maybe when we were in May. I think I was burnt out after the first one, <laughs> 100% burnt out after the second one, and then rejuvenated in Dallas because of, of Noel V. Marte. I was going to say, got some nice Marte buys. <laughs> they, they really are tiring if you're traveling a lot for them and stuff. It, it does really get you um okay so i have what's next here but one more thing before doing what's next because this ties more into what we talked about earlier like two weeks before we were doing that forecast episode nate and i did a video or instagram sorry youtube live stream just like this uh where we had a one thousand dollar card portfolio budget and at the time people were like oh you should revisit that in the future and see how you do uh we're, we're gonna revisit it right now this won't be my best moment so nate's $1,000 budget led to five Randy Rosarena foil rookies, uh, Marco Luciano, PSA 9, Bowman Chrome Auto, and a Trey Turner Sapphire, PSA 10, and a Bryce Terrain Refractor Auto, uh, $499. Uh, $55 to a Terrain, $10 a piece on the Rosarenas. 
I think that that was ten dollars a piece in the Rosarinos, right? Wasn't that for five Nate? I believe so. Something and like then five ten on the Luciano, and then three seventy on the Sapphire PSA ten of Trey Turner. So I looked up some prices, and the PSA ten of a Luciano sold for like twelve hundred dollars. And based off of what's listed for Luciano PSA nines, there's like one at like seven hundred or best offer. Nate, I gave you like five hundred bucks on that card because it's very hard to figure out how much a PSA nine is worth. But based on the ten for twelve hundred, I expected nine to be like five hundred. Uh, the Rosarinas are right around like five dollars each, so as like twenty five. That was the Rosarina. In in my defense, was I have a few bucks left. I have to figure <laughs> yeah. out how to spend it. Right. Uh, the Trey Turner. The last sale was like three hundred twenty dollars. Although, which is kind of surprising because he's been really good this year, right, Nate? He has been. So three hundred twenty for the Sapphire PSA ten or three twenty five. I should delete the Turner and Terang. I don't know why I left that there. That was before I decided to make up a value for his Luciano. And then the last Terang sold for like thirty five or like forty shipped on eBay. So not not too bad there. Um, Nate actually did pretty well considering how much the market dropped in the last like four months. Uh, Nate, good picks actually. Big props to you for that. Because <laughs> let's check out what happened right here. Oh boy. <laughs> so this is what I picked. I picked the messy sapphire variation that was non-graded, which I then said I grade. So it was like a $75 card, add $25 in there. I gave myself a PSA nine on it, uh, not giving myself the 10. I'll downplay myself because who knows what it would have been. Uh PSA eight refractor of Dwayne Wade from 2004. I'll tell you this, Nate, a PSA 9 just sold for 170 <laughs> A select Zion Silver PSA 9 and a Ansu Fati Refractor PSA 9, which since then, Fati had like two more knee surgeries and Zion and select cards just haven't trended well. So that's what I'm looking at. <laughs> $455 on the $1,000 spend. Oh, it was not good. I'm really glad I didn't buy these four cards. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> at least it was a mock exercise instead i probably spent like a thousand dollars on mason mount cards or something uh funny stuff yeah. uh hopefully uh if anyone bought the exact four cards i showed on the screen i do apologize <laughs> but that was for myself so i wasn't trying to buy anyone else's portfolio that was if i were to buy it you know for mine i feel i feel pretty good randy rosarina Bryce Durang has been basically as good as I expected. I was hoping for a little bit more power. It has not shown up. That was the gamble. The gamble was he he finds some more power, and you sit on a $20 base or a $55 refractor, and it turns into a $40 base or a $100 refractor. Didn't happen. Meh. Well, uh, $15 loss isn't even that bad compared to someone. <laughs> Luciano's been pretty good, and uh, uh, Trey Turner's been an absolute stud. So. Again, Trey Turner, one of those guys stuck in that weird 2015 to like 20, 2015, 2016 era where nobody, literally nobody cares about their cards. And I don't know why. Yeah, it's odd because there's like definitely way less of those Trey Turner staff for PSA 10s compared to like, <laughs> especially the newer guys. <laughs> now when Nate says buy it too, we better sell three. <laughs> oh, nice. Um. Okay, so I guess Nate got the victory there. I'll, I'll hand it to Nate. Nate, congrats. Nice job. Flexing <laughs> my card knowledge might over here. Oh, right. I mean, just a genius. Genius. Hey, what um, can I say? They they routinely say that it's not just baseball I know, but it's also cards, and that's the reason Slab Stocks ticks is because of my card knowledge. They routinely say that. I mean, I suppose that's why it started, right? <laughs> No, it started because of my baseball knowledge and your card knowledge. I'm just messing around. 
Midwest Ripper, congrats, Nate. <laughs> congrats, Nate, on picking a portfolio that only lost $85. <laughs> hey, uh, so you said that we win like uh, Mason Mount, Pad Pardasha, Top Scorm Sapphire or something if I win? Yeah, I mean, you might as well drive down and swing and pick it up right now. I'll give it to you. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, baseball definitely withstood the ground better than than soccer and basketball did since that episode. And also, I mean, Nate, the right guys too. If Nate came out with like Soto and Bobachet, that thing would have been cut in half, no doubt. Was there was there anybody you could have picked realistically, you know, for that high of a price that wouldn't have lost you money? Me or or just in general? Just you, like you know, if you substituted Zion for Luca or Giannis or LeBron oh, or yeah, Giannis. Giannis would have held decent if I picked the right card. Um, Booker would have made you money if I picked Booker. You know, picked a guy that's going to be out of the playoffs and going to the offseason, which is not a good bet. I guess, I guess maybe if this was extended like three more months, I might have done better, but not to, up to right now. Okay, so what is next? Uh, what is next? We're not going to walk through each of those brands and players and stuff like last time, but we're just going to have a general discussion. If you're in this chat right now, please feel free to comment. What do you think is going to come for the sports car market post summer? Because for myself, like, and thinking about the summer, just as a season, many more people are spending dollars during the summer when kids are out of school, doing different things, traveling places, especially when COVID restrictions just loosen. Uh, versus in the fall or winter. I could realistically see in the fall or winter more money being spent again in cards. Like if you think about it, last winter when it hit like January, that was like the prime time when all those like Jordan and Kobe and LeBron cards and all the other cards went up in value. I'm not trying to like sit here and say it's all going to happen all over again the same exact way. I just like think about the seasons and like, okay, People will probably be collecting and spending more money on cards come the winter and the fall than now. Nate, do you think similar things? Um, I mean, considering half of the country is going to be stuck inside in snow, <laughs> uh, it makes sense. I mean, you don't have the people in California are still going to be outside, and that's a lot of people. And, you know, Phoenix and the South, there's a lot of people down there, but um, there's a lot of card people up in Wisconsin, you know, Minnesota, Illinois, Michigan. Uh, that are going to have nothing else to do except for watch sports and buy cards. So I, I, I can see that happening. Yep, and Throwback says, I agree with you completely, Aaron. Fall should see a spike. Football stars, baseball, postseason, basketball, offseason, run-up. Run up. Um, along with not just the changing of the seasons in general, I mean, there's a lot that goes into like more excitement around the fall for sports in general than something like june or july aside from the nba finals and then stuff like wimbledon and other stuff like that you know i mean i'm not trying to like downplay the middle of the baseball season the all-star game but there's just a lot more excitement i feel like that comes with the start of a new nba season when all 30 teams are playing the new football season and now soccer too will be coming back in the fall for those that care about that um versus and also baseball postseason with the playoffs where i feel like I feel like baseball postseason has a ton of action compared to the NBA because I don't know for whatever reason, but like you kind of know who's going to be expected to drop 40 points in the NBA playoffs. It's hard to see a guy like, I mean, a guy like Mikel Bridges could, but he's like the best role player in the NBA. 
It's hard mm -hmm. to just like see this random guy come through and drop 40 points in the NBA finals or playoffs. But in the MLB, Nate, you have much more experience with this than I do. I feel like there's always just that like cluster of guys that just like you're not expecting to play really well and they play really well and they take their team far. They have a huge moment. Well, and Randy, Rosarina, Randy Rosarina last year, you know, or just like a huge moment, Mike Brosau hitting yeah. that home run. Um, or even in the regular season, Brad, Brad Miller had three home runs against the Cubs the other night. Yeah. With Phillies, you know, so like that stuff happens and you're not, you might see 25 point games in the NBA from like a Pat Connaughton, but you're not going to see a 45 point game from a Pat Connaughton where you can see a three home run game from Brad Miller. Right. right. And I do, I, I should take a step back here. Terrence Mann did actually have a 40 point game. So that was the perfect uh, guy to call out card guy, Cody. It did take some injury luck. You're right with Kawhi not playing and all the shots going to make it happen, but it did happen. And then uh, we got some Midwest folks get, getting on Nate here. You forgot Indiana, and you also forgot Iowa, Nate. Uh, I would just like to say that I wasn't trying to name the whole Midwest, but I guess considering the Midwest is kind of a uh, – I don't think people consider the Dakotas in the Midwest, and they don't consider Missouri in the Midwest, and they, I don't think they consider Ohio in the Midwest. I really – it is really just Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa – Michigan, Indiana, Illinois. I'm pretty sure that's what people consider the Midwest. Bro, who so taught, I, who taught I, you in school? I think that the Dakotas are in the Midwest. I don't think so. I think they're with Montana. No. Yeah. No, no. That's like Idaho and Montana and Wyoming. They're their own thing over there. And the Dakotas Dakota. are way closer to like, especially the cities that are on the border closer to Minnesota, like that make up like 99% of the population probably in the States. Okay. We'll take South Dakota. They can have North Dakota. <laughs> Uh, I would also, I mean, Missouri is always a weird one. Like, I feel like some people no, consider it Midwest. Not Midwest. Midwest. I, I refuse. I refuse to accept St. Louis as a Midwestern state. They are a Great Plains state, and they can stay there. <laughs> That's fair enough. Fair enough. And, and definitely, I, I'll agree with Nate. Like, Illinois, Minnesota, and Wisconsin, I feel so like. Are the if, if you are doing the Midwest like I'm doing, I, I was I'm, I was like I'm not going to try to name every Midwest state, but then I realized that all I did was inadvertently dismiss two Midwest states out of all of them: <laughs> Indiana and Iowa. Indiana and Iowa. <laughs> did I say St. Louis or? No, I said I said I'm not going to include St. Louis because I didn't want to include Missouri. Oh. St. Louis is in Missouri, and I have no desire to have St. Louis anywhere close to the Midwest. So all of Missouri has to be out of the Midwest. But what I'm reading right now is that Joshua is saying that that Nate said here on Slab Sox Live Stream that St. Louis is a state and not a city. <laughs> that is what you're reading. Uh, Nick says geography and card lessons at only at Slab Sox. Yep, we touch on it all. I think so. Uh, for uh, Dwayne, I mean, we saw Eloy. Nate talked about buying him on the injury like months back. I mean, why would Acuna not fall into the same thing if he, you know, really? I mean. ACL injury, Nate. What's the difference you think for baseball wise, ACL versus a pec injury? Like, which one would maybe be worse? But both these should be fully recoverable for their age and everything. So I don't see why one would be worse than the other. Well, the ACL will take a longer timetable, but yeah, they're so good at repairing ACLs nowadays. There's like no concern he's going to be any worse. Yeah, uh, the pec, I don't know, but it's a shorter timetable uh, recovery wise. Um, the thing about this is like Eloy is a really good player, but hadn't established himself as a top player in the game yet. Uh, likewise, Luis Robert, um, like Ronald Acuna has, 
So I wonder if that will have some effect on the market where, yes, he is injured, but everyone knows Ronald Acuna. Everyone knows what Ronald Acuna is going to do when he comes back. So it's not like you're, you know, it's not Eloy, right? Where if you don't see Eloy's name for a while, you kind of forget about him. You're not going to forget about Ronald Acuna. That's that's facts. That's facts. Have people forgotten about Luis Robert, Nate? Because I sure have. I, I mean, I don't think about him very often. So I would imagine <laughs> everyone else also doesn't think about him very often. Considering you probably think about baseball more than other people. Uh, okay, what's next? Continuing on this topic, I, I want to hammer this point home like one more time and probably each week after this is that I think we have worked past the days of random stuff going up in price for random reasons, which I don't think that's a bad thing, too. I want to make that clear, and I, I know we talk about it each week. Depending on how cheap it is or how expensive it is, because you can still get you know dollar foils Nate. that dude hits two home runs and you can sell them for four. Bro, I'm saying like that's what it should be. I'm saying like I think we're gone with the days of like random sets that like quad X price over like two weeks. Like I could see a couple of really niche things start to get hot because there's not that much action in the market and it's so cheap. And then a lot of people come in and spend a lot of money. It goes up in price, like sure. But how many times can you go where the entire market for this specific thing increases just because of the time of the year. That's not to say that you shouldn't be, you know, buying the seasonality trends because it has proven correct time and time again, even when people are expecting it, you know, people are expecting the baseball season to come, but prices still went up, you know, with the season coming. I just, I just would, it'd be hard for me to sit here and talk to people as if everything's just going to randomly go up in price at some point. I think everything comes down to like research even more so than ever and then making a play off of something that you believe in, like a player, um, a sport, which you still have to pick the right player in. Because I, you know, I, I, I just don't foresee over the past or over the next year a random, random, huge spike in prices. Although it could happen, I'm not going to say it's not. But like, I think making a, a a purchase based on a player that you believe in, or maybe it's even a long term pick like a vintage card because those things are supposed to be building value year over year, but not going up like five times in price like they did over the last year and stuff. Um, that That's just my thoughts. And I don't know. I didn't probably didn't package my thoughts of the best that I could have there, but the market has got way more people in it than it ever did three years ago. Way more people in it than it did three years ago. And I think that the tendencies are going to be similar to what it was three years ago because the reason why the market was what it was three years ago is because there wasn't this random multiplying of people in the hobby because they just find out about it, they just want to get back in, COVID, free money from stimulus checks, all this other stuff adding into it. But it didn't mean that sports cards weren't a thing or people didn't love them. Now people, there's even more people that love them. There's even more businesses that were created that's going to drive the market forward. Um, everything just kind of molds over time. And I think that's what our point is over the last two years that you can't predict what tomorrow is going to bring in the market ever. No one has the keys to knowing what's going to happen. No one does. Correct. Any, any last thoughts on what's next? Um, joy. I think nice. everyone's going to enjoy the hobby again, as opposed to, uh, Cramming for, I mean, a lot of people didn't, but there's a number of people that were just here for dollars and dollars only. And I think a lot of people that are left have found 
joy in, in holding cards. And, you know, you can sell that Wander Franco for whatever, or you can sell that uh, Shoyo Tani for whatever, but you like the card, so you keep it. You don't care if you can get $1,000 for it because yeah. uh, it brings a little bit of happiness, and I think uh, that's what's next. I think another really important thing is that not everyone has to be outwardly communicative on like social media platforms and stuff. Cause I know it's not for everyone, but I would imagine people that make friendships through the hobby and can lean on people through the hobby. I can't tell you the amount of people I've met in the industry. I talk to on a daily basis um, that are, you know, true friends of mine now that I never knew before cards. I think that the more you can do stuff like that, the more rewarding you find the industry, no matter if you're selling 10 cards in a week, $10,000 cards in a week, $50 cards, you know, in one week worth of cards combined. Um, and that's what matters to me. It's like, I haven't sold a card in a while now, but I talk to these people every day and it's always fulfilling. It's always fun. It's always a, a new, new thing, new day. Um, I think it's the best part is there's always something new to do too. And I, I guess that this is this is something to point out is that we probably have already seen this. So sharp sharpshooters say, I love making money, but once the money goes away, so do I. Um, that might be what some of the point is, is that there are people that that do leave once the money is not there because that's the only reason why they're here in the first place. I'm not trying to single out sharpshooter, but the comment was made. So I think it's valid to bring it up. Yeah, and, um, there's, and let me reiterate because it made, I probably made it seem like that's a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with hustling in life and making the money you can make and, you know, trying to retire before the age of like 80. Um, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. But I think for a lot of us that were in cards at the age of like six and then got back into the age into cards at the age of like 18 or whatever I did, um, it wasn't about making money when I was six. And while it was a little bit more about making money when I was 18, there's cards I have now that I could have sold for significantly more than I could have or than I can now. And I'm still not selling because I just like the card, you know? And so there's nothing wrong with both ways. This is I magic said, I agree, Aaron, I'm at a point where if everything drops in price, I'll still be happy with what I got. And I feel the same way. I mean, sure. Over the last two months, my soccer cards have no question lost value. I bought a couple of Mbappes for around two grand. They're now worth around $1,000 probably, you know, 50% drop type of thing. My daily life has not been affected by it. And I know that some people it would maybe be affected by, but it's, I'm not like, you know, super loaded to a point where like it shouldn't affect me. It's just like I find happiness with knowing I have the card and there's always more money that can be made just through, you know, working hard every day in the future and everything like that. Like it's just not the be all end all, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. Interesting. Global sports car investor. Sorry, I'm late. Just doing morning school drop off. Bloody time difference. Not only is there a time difference, but because he's in the southern hemisphere, I'm sure it's like you know winter time there, and they have school as opposed to summertime here where we don't have school. I've never really thought about that. That is, yeah, I just realized that too. Strange. <laughs> Considering I've only been to Europe, that that operates on similar things other than the time difference. Like I haven't realized. I didn't never thought of that. Okay, so we just talked about that. Chicago, July 20th, August 1st. We mentioned a couple times throughout this. If you don't know or if you do know, either way, Nash, the National is happening in Chicago, really in Rosemont at the Donald Stevenson Convention Center. July 28th, August 1st, we'll be at booth 695. 
which Nate, where is booth number 695? In the corner. It's in the corner. So here we are. Here's Tops. Tops is booth 676 next to Beckett 670. You just keep walking to your right all the way to the side wall. And there we are with that red circle. Uh, it'll be a party. It'll be fun. I'm really excited. I hope so to meet 479 over here. What do you say? He's 479. If you just keep going up, we'll find 479. Rob says he's at 479. I know oh. you can't go up. As I say, this is a screenshot, so I can't find it. But uh, potentially, then that's cool, I, Rob. I mean, it goes to five seventy nine, right? So I, yeah, educated guess there. Hey, Tom, this is not a bad problem to have. Um, I've gone, I've come and gone many times and many things. I like collecting wise, but I come back to what I truly enjoy. I struggle to sell and need to be get better at selling. Is my problem not the collecting? Well, I'll tell you what. The thing about this is that me reading this, it shows me that you'll be happy no matter what with collecting with being in cards no matter if you're selling no matter if you're not so that's a good thing to read um, um if, go ahead nate tom i also struggled with selling for ever because you're lazy or because you won the card because i was lazy <laughs> um but like aaron would be like you still have that card you still have that card because i would just i would i would buy boxes of cards i get cards and then i would never sell them ever for years, I would never sell them. And now I've just recently started to just like try to get five cards up a week, you know? And if they sit on eBay, they sit on eBay. But at least they're sitting on eBay with the potential of selling as opposed to sitting in a box where I'm not looking at them. Yeah, well, nothing happens with it. Oops. That is a great location. Red carpet and good lighting in that area. That is true. Red carpet, good lighting, lots of space around the booth. It's a great location. Uh, I, I believe that some of these cards have already been max produced. <laughs> some of these new sets that are coming out are definitely hitting that max production production area. Midwest Ripper. Can't wait for the national. Yes. Super excited. My man last week, if y'all remember me talking, uh, about our slab stocks charity night, the camp Kesem charity night on Friday, July 30th, six to 9 PM at night. It's going to be both in person at the Hyatt O'Hare Rosemont across the street in the international ballroom free to attend Although our capacity is like a bit over 300, I believe, and it's going to fill up quite quickly, I'll assume, off the response to the event that we've gotten so far. So if you do plan coming, I urge you to show up plenty in advance. Um, I don't know exactly the time we'll be letting people into the room at, but I would show up in advance versus like at 6 o'clock because I don't know if there's going to be any more room in the room uh, at 6 o'clock. But my point here is, is that the response has been incredible. So last week when we came on here, it was like less than a week and we went from like $10,000 in product donations up to $40,000 in product donations. Fast forward it a week from last Monday. We, so these were the sponsors we showed last week. We were up to $43,000 in product donations. We added Bleaker Trading, Slime Magazine, and Jaspies as presenting sponsors. We added Buster, Limestone Cards, Kevin, love that guy, Leighton Sports Cards, Empire State Sports Cards, Cherry Collectibles, and New England Pieces as other gold sponsors would brought us up to $60,000 in product donations. Then we added Atlanta Cards, which Kevin and Kyle, they sent like 13 sealed cases and like some other 20-something sealed boxes. An incredible donation from them. Rally Road, Tyson Beck, Dibs, and Midwest Cards as presenting sponsors. We had Concept Company and DW3 Ball as gold sponsors, and that took us up to $80,000 in product donations. Then we had Starstock and then Layton Sports Cards upgrade to presenting sponsor. And then Six Sports Card Community came in as a gold sponsor. And as of yesterday, we we're up to $95,000 in product donations. And sitting here today, 
I can confirm that we just crossed $100,000 in product donations for the Slab Stocks charity night on July 30th, 6 to 9 p.m. We crossed the six-figure mark, which is just insane. It's like a week and a half. Aaron, it took the, what? How much did you think we'd be able to raise when we when you started this? Well, we were at ten grand in product donations. I was hoping to get to like twenty by the end of people sending stuff in. Now we're at well, hundred grand. Well, when you have the idea, you think? Uh, did you think you'd hit five? Let me say this: when when we start, when I had the idea to do this event, I was like, man, it would be incredible if we can raise fifteen thousand dollars for Camp Kesson. And I, I didn't know if we'd be able to turn like five thousand dollars in product donations into fifteen grand, or what would happen. I was just like, I, if we could get hit fifteen, actually, I think it was ten k, because that's why I set the goal at on our pages. Like ten grand was the goal. So we're now up to hundred thousand dollars. And let me just say, for anyone that doesn't know about this charity event or what it's for, or who it's for, or whatever, it's for Camp Kesem. It's a camp throughout the country. Different college campuses host these. I was part of the camp at UW Madison when I went to school there, and I was a part of the organization. And they fundraise throughout the year to build up dollars to send kids to camp for free whose parents have cancer or had cancer um hospital bills all that treatment and stuff that stuff costs a ton of money i know for a lot of these families it's really hard to find things for these kids to do um based on financial burdens so to be able to send these kids to camp for free is such an important aspect um at least for that week that they're there you know they're really enjoying themselves with other kids like themselves the college counselors all that stuff and through this event we should be able to send an incredible amount of kids for free to this camp. And it's going to, it's just going to be awesome. I'm so excited to do it. Uh, you know, we were able to come up with the idea and to kick it off, but I cannot thank the sponsors that we just read through enough for what has changed into this. Now this massive charity night, which, you know, I hope goes down as one of the biggest in-person charity nights that's ever happened in the sports card industry. And without them, we, you know, we never would have been able to do this. We could have done something, you know, great and small and which still would have been amazing. But to potentially go out there now and fundraise $100,000 for a charity like Camp Kasim is just ridiculously amazing. I'm so thankful for everyone that's been involved. So thankful for everyone that's you know sent anything to us that's not even a sponsor. I know some people, um, I got a card from a guy named Matt today, a Luis Suarez pink number out of 19, you know, probably worth like $30 to $50. It's going to be one at the event as well. And we're going to be releasing information very soon here on how you all can get in on the charity night to buy the, these product donations. There's like really good stuff here. Like there's going to be really, really good boxes. Some nice slabs are going through here. Um, we're going to have a couple different ways that the fundraising is going to be done. And I, I, I mark my words, we will be releasing information soon. We're just kind of crossing the T's, dying the I's and the last bit of information here to make sure we're doing it correctly. And there's going to be um, more, more stuff that's going to come out. I guess I don't know how many different ways I can say it. I'll tell you later, hopefully in the next three five days on how this stuff will be for sale um there hopefully will be by next deals. monday for our next monday live what do you say next monday for our next monday live hopefully we'll be able to report something again i would say yes guaranteed for next monday live we'll be able to report something i hope by the end of this week you know i hope sooner than monday's live um but guaranteed there will be deals there will be different ways to get top prizes there will be different breaks there will be some auctions um, there's gonna be a lot of stuff going on with this event. So please stay tuned by here on YouTube. Please stay tuned via our Instagram page, newsletters as well, um, where all this information will be communicated through. And it's all going to be fundraised and the, all the donations are going to be collected through the slab stock shop. So if you're wondering like, where can you physically go and get yourself a hobby box, get yourself some of these other things that we're doing. Um, it's going to be through the slab slash shop. Um, just like normal for the breaks, but hundred percent of donations, all that stuff is going to cam Kesem. Uh, really, really excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome.
I just can't, I just can't say thank you enough to everyone. And, you know, let's, let's go out there and let's raise as much as money as possible and hopefully get close to a hundred grand to camp Kesem. Perfect. And also if you do wish to add to the donation pool, um, you can send to this PO box slab stocks, PO box three, two, zero, three, eight, four, Frank, Franklin, Wisconsin, five, three, one, three, two. Uh, the deadline's July 24th. Uh, if you do want to donate like a slab or like a sealed product of some sort, uh, you know, we'd be happy to take it in. It's just going to raise more money for all the kids and everything. But also I will say like the most important part now is that we got a hundred thousand dollars in product donations is for people to participate in the buying of the product and all that stuff. So I, you know, really urge just the general public, which we're going to try to get many, many people involved to help, you know, spread the word of this to make sure all this stuff gets sold. Uh, it's going to be sweet. And, you know, hopefully it's, a, it's a really, really great win-win because we can get stuff in your hands for hopefully a really you know nice deal or, or a nice prize winning and stuff like that uh, that you normally wouldn't be able to. And and I think it's just going to be a win-win for everyone involved, which is going to be great. And obviously the kids are going to go to camp for free, which is the most important part and why this event's happening. And then on top of that, the sports card community coming together, which couldn't be happier about. All right, so we got – I just realized we hit up in an hour here. I think we answered a ton of questions throughout the chat, so we kind of replaced did. this section here today. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for coming to the stream today. Just over 100 people at the most, I think. I really do appreciate it. Nate, thank you for joining me today. I thank you as well. Of course. And uh, I guess with that being said, this is the end of the stream. Uh, I guess I'll take Magic's question to set the end. Thoughts on saying the SGC to grade selling-wise? Also, bump the break tomorrow. The select basketball and hockey get, kind of getting me excited. Oh, yeah. By the way, slabstocks.com slash shop has a few break spots left for tomorrow. Some soccer packs, some basketball back, uh, packs, and a few hockey packs as well. I think we're going to go live either at 3 p.m. Eastern time or 4 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. So check that out for sure. And uh, SGC, I actually do give them props. They're turning around cards quickly. If you can pick out cards that are in good condition, great condition, might be worth a send, but make sure they're going to 10 because some of the values at 9.5s and 9s, you're just not going to return it on the grades. All right, everyone. Thank you. I do appreciate you all for joining. Uh, it means a lot, and we will talk to you all later. And don't forget, July 30th, 6 to 9 p.m., streamed here live on YouTube. That's 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time, and also in person at the National. It's going to be the Cherry Night. It's going to be a great time. And, uh, Nate, thank you for joining once again. Yep, see you guys.